Good evening, everyone. It is the Open Micers Podcast, and my name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig. And we have a very, very special guest with us this evening. We have Dante himself from Clerks, uh, Mall Rats. Um, what was the which? What was that? Uh, the the clown movie? I can never remember the name of it. Vulgar. <laughs> Vulgar. Why can I never remember Vulgar? I love horror movies, and I can never remember the name of it. From Vulgar and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and of course the the coup de gras Monsters Anonymous, who played Dracula for us in the movie, Mister. Brian O'Halloran. What's up, what's up? What's happening, my friend? Um, it's been a while since we've seen each other, and uh, we were discussing a little bit before before we started. How are you, How did you fare through uh, all the quarantine and everything that's been going on? Uh, we were good up here. I mean, I'm uh, two and a half hours northwest of New York City, so uh, we're not in a very densely populated area. So we were able to get uh, you know, our, our supplies, and we had plenty of toilet paper, and Plenty of, uh, you know, food, meat. There was never any shortages, really, of anything. I mean, yes, toilet paper and paper towels had a major run on it uh, out of ridiculousness because apparently uh, people thought that the COVID was uh, Montezuma's revenge or something yes. and that you would be <laughs> using your hand or something. I, I mean, know. seriously, so, uh, how, how much toilet so paper? So far, so good. How much toilet paper do people need? Because me, I can have like a, a four pack last like six months. You know, I, I I don't I don't know why people need that much toilet paper. I never understood. You know, that. it was just I guess it's just the comfort of uh, you know those hypnotizing bears dancing around on the TV. <laughs> I guess they're so. like I gotta I have to go get some. The bear is telling me to get some. Uh, Jacob looks like a, a bear that would have uh, nope. toilet paper dingleberry stuck to his ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a very large gay man. <laughs> you and Wally, you, you should do. You should both get your uh, your. Do they have like a a, a bear tender sort of uh, app that you two could get on? Well, because Wally, Wally I, has. I think. The... <laughs> go go ahead. Well, I think bears do pretty well on Grinder. I think they're pretty in high demand on there. So <laughs> well, we Wally... might be able to the the setup. Wally has the whole joke about him holding up the fish because of the the uh, outdoor photos. But <laughs> but if you want to hear the whole joke, you got to come to the open mics, which are are now open again on the coast. So uh, and speaking of that, um, this is the Open Micers podcast. We like to talk to uh, mostly comedians, but we do actors and uh, uh, musicians, things of that nature. Anybody that's basically you know kind of. In the the you know in the trenches of the uh, the entertainment industry, and Brian, you have been, of course, an actor for uh, you know your first movie was of course Clerks in nineteen ninety. It was it was officially out in ninety three. Um, it hit really hit the world in ninety four. Um, so you've got about twenty seven years under your belt of, of being an actor. Um, but I don't think a lot of people know that you are actually a uh, a comedian as well, stand up comedian. Yeah, you know, I uh, I started doing stand up about uh, I don't know about six seven years ago, um, and it bore out of doing actual like comic cons and at comic cons they make you do panels and and ask you to do Q and As and things like that, and usually uh, that that type of information in a forty five minute to an hour kind of room goes for about twenty thirty minutes of actual back and forth about asking questions about the film industry or a certain film that I'm out promoting at that time. The rest of that time, I open it up to questions, and usually it turns into a, pretty much an open mic for me to, to just jazz on different subjects that are, that are bandied about at that time and observational humor. And so uh, I would get a lot of people afterwards saying, man, you're really funny. Do you do stand-up? Do you do stand-up? And uh, I wasn't formally doing it, um, but then uh, I found some people who were interested in booking me to do stand-up. Uh, so I... I did a did a set uh, up in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun. I did a set down Atlantic City in Bally's. I've done uh, sets at different Comic Cons as well, um, where they'll give me an hour to to do sets. And I've done a, a set here at the uh, Stress Factory in New Jersey and a few other places. So it's been a lot of fun uh, doing that. I don't do it as often as a regular, you know, grinding it out uh, city to city comic does. Um, but when I fill myself up with a, a bunch of material that I want to try out, I will 
uh, I have a couple of comic friends that I will go out and uh, ask them, hey, man, do you think you can get me some time in whatever places? And they usually will then say, sure. And they, they suggest me for being a booking. So do you ever do any sort of places like the, like the big places in New York City, like, you know, like the Comedy Cellar and places like that? No, I mean, I've been there to watch comedy. I've yet to go up there and do like an open mic there or Caroline's or wherever have you. Um, so, but I've gone to them. And like I said, I do have the contacts if I want to ask, hey, man, I want to go up and, and do five minutes or do 10 minutes. Um, I just haven't really found myself a nice 10, 15, tight 10, 15 minute set that uh, is worthy of those places. Because that's the one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to shit on a stage that yeah. um, has had such greats out there. So, uh in the meantime, you know, I compile a lot of things. I'll type it up in my phone in a note notebook app that I'll work on and see if it works out. I test it out on Diane thinks if she thinks it's funny <laughs> and some other friends and and then we go from there. I was I was actually going to ask you that what is uh what's your process? Cuz that's one of the things I like to talk about on this show. I really like to understand uh other people's processes. Like we me and Jacob have covered ours of course uh a couple times here. Uh, uh, the last couple episodes, but what what is your personal like way that you come up with jokes, write jokes, that sort of thing? Well, it's usually me screaming at the TV about a stupid situation, <laughs> and then I turn and then I turn stupid into funny. Um, and Diane will will laugh when I get a good laugh out of her. I know I've I've made some sort of ah. All right, I got to remember that one. She thought that was funny. The whole thing about <laughs> the thing with the guy on TV. Um, so. There'll be like there'll be things like that or current events kind of things just, you know, and once again, it's just observation. And it's just like, what the fuck? You know, there's a lot of what the fuck <laughs> kind of moments for me. It, a, a lot of my humor is not like it's not set up punchline applause. It's observation, complaint, mm -hmm. complain, and then take a really dark, twisted angle about what <laughs> an observation was about. Yeah. Um, so it's more, you know pray kind of like you know lewis black george carlin mm. kind of like well this is fucking stupid yeah you know that kind of angle yeah. i think that's really yeah, i mean, that, I mean th th that's a reason why i named my podcast the ohala rant yeah because it's just you know it, it's a chance to get on it and just lace it into certain subject matters and that's the thing man like it, i try not to I've up until the last couple of weeks i've tried so hard to like keep my political opinions off of you know my social media but you can't you can't not i mean it's i didn't say one thing about a political situation i just said what's going on in the world you brought into politics yeah that's i, I know what you're talking about <laughs> no i'm 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 talking about real shortages of things you mm. know like how come my prime it's supposed to be two-day deliveries, and now it's seven days. This is messed up. Why is that? <laughs> uh, well, let's Has see. nothing to do with politics. The guy, is the, richest, the guy is the richest man on the planet. You can't came, get me my shit in two days like you say you will? No, yeah, just, I'm real. just kidding. See, that's, that's the point. Like, you know, it's amazing how one mistake in planning when warnings were coming in to people December, November in certain circles – and not buying up the supplies that were needed to handle situations is just, yeah. wow, that's just way, way, way stupid. But this is also coming from people who don't think wearing condoms is necessary and, uh, <laughs> you know, other things like that. Where, and people who want to go and get their haircuts is more important than keeping their grandparents healthy. But, I mean, it's that type of observations that I go, hmm. There's a lot of stupid people out there. Why use condoms when God gave you the rhythm method, son? True, <laughs> true. Or just find yourself a barren partner. Yeah, that, that works too. <laughs> so um, barren people, barren people need love too. So uh, Jacob, you got any questions for Mister O'Halloran? You like to ask? I've been, I feel like I've been hogging him over here. Yeah, man, shut the fuck up, Jason. <laughs> Jesus, I, uh, you know, I was wondering if there's if there's any added pressure on you doing stand up after being a, a comedy icon for so long, because I feel like people will be like, "Oh shit, that's Dante from Clerks," and then that's added pressure on you when you're doing stand up. Well, you know what it is. It's 
me or to me from an audience standpoint i put my own pressure on me just hanging out with other actual comics um because i'm you know because i'm the interloper i'm like oh actor boy thinks he's a comedian just like you know a lot of actors want to be musicians and a lot of musicians want to be actors and they all look they we both look back at each other like okay there brett michaels just just sit down okay (laughs) you're you're good you're good with 40 women in in a room but that's about it okay you know, and I'm not, and I'm not, I don't, I've never seen him act, so I don't, I'm just picking an, uh, just someone out of <laughs> random. Um, but it's that type of thing where I put the pressure on myself. Um, and in the end, you know, I, I have an instantaneous out, an excuse at any gig that I'd be at because I'm not supposed to be there today. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteed one laugh, at least one laugh. If you hate everything I've said, we can go out with something that you loved, Absolutely. which is that I'm not even supposed to be here. <laughs> so can you give us any uh, inside information uh, c- concerning like Clerks 3 or Twilight of the Mall Rats or anything of that nature as, a, as an exclusive for the, for the show? I'm just going to tell you guys only. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I only know what the internet publishes. <laughs> that sucks, man. <laughs> like I think you would be like on the inside track. Listen, I'm not I'm not reach arounding, you know, Dutch ruddering, blowing the guy to find out information. <laughs> that that's for his letter you know, his hetero life mate to do. Yeah. So they know what's going on. I never I, I'm literally one of the last people to know. Um I don't live on the West Coast, I don't live in LA. Uh, and you know, he was, when he was on the road, like constantly with the new Jane Silent Bob reboot, um, I'm not going to bother the guy while he's out on the road. I know how it is being on the road for many, many days, if not weeks at a time. So, uh, I'm not going to, you know, annoy him what's going on with that. I I did, you know, I did get contacted by Brian Johnson because he has had a huge spark of, uh, of energy to, uh, write vulgar two which was has been bandied about about making a vulgar two for the past three four years uh so he's finally you know gotten enough you know i guess uh house quarantine uh, pseudo house arrest has finally uh given him a reason to finally have no excuse to not work on it so that's the only news of anything in kind of that view askew kind of world um that i know is going on as far as you know uh the Mallrats movie, uh, I, I would love to be a part of it, of course. Um, as far as uh, Clerks 3, hopefully we can get that done. I know there was, uh, just recently, there was um, a big uh, article that was published online about the uh, the oral history of the Clerks cartoon series, the animated series that Kevin and, and Dave Mandel and, yeah. and a whole bunch of us who were part of it. We just did that. Um, that came out just recently. And I know the interest in getting the animated series rebooted um, has taken a, a heavy step forward, which is great. I know Kevin right now is show running the new He-Man animated series uh, that they're making. I think it's for the outlet of Hulu. Yeah. Um, so he's in that animation world in a sense right now. And that same uh, animation house would probably do uh, the clerks uh, animated series. If we were to remaster that, which I think, is a perfect step. So yeah. I personally would like to do the live action first. Uh, just earlier this year was the first time that Jeff Anderson finally came down from his mountain cave <laughs> in the uh, the upper mountains of California to come out on the road with me. And uh, we did two locations. We did our first one in February, which was in just outside of Detroit for Astronomicon 3. And then we did um, uh, GalaxyCon Richmond, Virginia, uh, which was towards the ending of February, beginning of March. And then that's when the uh, quarantine COVID hit the fan, mm-hmm. uh, which even then during that show, you know, we had massive bottles of hand sanitizer. I was kind of doing kind of fist bumps or elbow bumps then because I kind of saw this coming as well in January. And uh, as soon as I literally, as soon as we got back from that trip, uh, March 3rd, 4th, whatever it was, I went out and did all my major shopping and, doubled it and then doubled our shipment for our, our pet food, um, things like that. And, uh, stocked up on things that normally we would just buy weekly. I said, let's just get three weeks of just in case. Um, and that's, that's how we kind of played it out. Yeah. 
I think I pretty much did the same thing. As soon as everything started to hit, I just went and loaded up on like a month and a half worth of cat food <laughs> and right. litter and everything else. Of course, I only bought one pack of toilet paper because that's all the, all that I could find. <laughs> but that's all I need. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we went to the wholesale club and I bought one of those 32 giant roll Charmins. Yeah. Um, so I bought one of those. We already had a half of that already in the house. I said, let's just buy another one just in case. Mm -hmm. Uh, even though I live in a community where we, we get our own water from our community. So, um, I still bought a case of 32 bottles of bottled water, Mm -hmm. you know, things like just in case, you know, nothing too crazy. We bought like a, a 10 pack of that Purdue, uh, Purdue individually double pack of chicken breasts that are all individually vacuum sealed oh yeah so i bought a 10 pack of that threw that in the second fridge downstairs in the freezer so all right we have our protein um you know the chewy company has a warehouse you know like an hour south of us so when they mail it out we literally without even paying for it we literally get it (laughs) next day anyway so we got our our pet food order from chewy like immediately that's awesome yeah but uh, you I might have... be the worst person here, but I have two giant cases of toilet paper, <laughs> <laughs> like literally <laughs> giant boxes of toilet paper. I have IBS. I'm not fucking risking it, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We live out. You, <laughs> dude, uh, you live out in the woods, you man. You have plenty of leaves to use, man. Yeah, I do live in the woods. Yeah, but he doesn't want to shit next to the bears. <laughs> it's true. They're my uh, friends and I respect them. Yeah. Because as everybody as everybody knows, and they all they want to talk about when it comes to bears is if they shit in the woods, because <laughs> everything has to be validated. Like, hey, did you get that done? There's a bear shit in the woods. Well, Jacob lives in the woods, so yeah, he, that's where he shits. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we, we we live up in the woods here as well, so uh, I'm I'm a woodman. I'm a woodland man myself. <laughs> you like the wood, huh? <laughs> I do. I, we we love it, man. Yeah. The air up here is so. Plus, I'm at a higher elevation. I'm at uh, 1,700 feet. Um, so we're we're like the northern end of the Pocono Mountains, where all the ski resorts that are like an hour or two hours outside of New York City are. Yeah. So we're just north of that. So uh, we have really great great water, great water quality, great air quality. Uh, not that many people, and we do literally have bears and deer and hmm. woodchucks and chipmunks and squirrels and foxes and stuff like rabbits and all sorts of stuff up here got a few people in the in the chat room right now i got one uh freddy versus sal sale freddy versus saul uh says oh howler and ragging on stupid people gotta love it uh eric miller 5000 uh love the clerks animated own it perfection and he says if he sees me at rouse's again he's gonna have to make out with me i i guess if you want to i, I don't know if you really want to do that but uh, uh, hey who needs grinder? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the Clerks cartoon, you know, that that's always been what, kind of one of those, like, that was one of my favorite uh, cartoons, and I've watched it, you know, I bought the DVD of it 20 years ago, and, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like one of those things like Firefly, like it just didn't last long enough. And um, No, it, it did not. Man, it definitely I, it's, did not. with streaming and everything and, and you know, and uh, Netflix and stuff like that, like that would be the perfect spot for it to live if it was to come back. I think it would do great on Netflix or Hulu or something like that. Yeah. Anywhere where we're not being uh, told to edit or clean it up um, is yeah. the best way. If we can, you know, if we can do it where cursing is fine and subject matter is not dependent on the sensitivity training um i think uh i think we would work out really well on one of those outlets you know and the cost of making it back then back in 2000 when we first made them was something along the lines of like 150,000 an episode if not a little more um now now the way that computer computer animation is and there's so many people in computer computer animation like actual artists and stuff uh the cost of making episodes now would be a lot less so i can see it um being really uh, economically feasible, even on a even on a platform like a Hulu or whatever, uh, where we would still generate enough uh, ad red, ad revenue and, and whatnot or subscription revenue to uh, to have a fan base to follow it. Yeah, well, you know, with uh, with stuff like Toon Boom and things like that, like it, in that art style would work perfectly in Toon Boom, I and mean, then you could have you know two or three people as animators and and knock out uh, you know. Uh, six to ten episode season 
pretty cheaply. I mean, you know, that that art style, that animation style would work perfectly for, for Toon Boom. So I, I don't see why, you know, Netflix wouldn't jump on that to, to have that in the, the roster. Well, that specific art style is owned by uh, Miramax Television slash Disney. So I don't know if we were to come back. I don't know if we would have the rights to actually do that exact yeah. style, uh, which is very similar to like Powerpuff Girls and stuff like that, that thick border yeah. kind of uh, uh, art style. So um, I know Jason Muse produced a Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Mr. Stark as the artist on that. And so um, if we would go something, something similar to that or what have you, or if, you know, they gave us the rights to really refurbish and reboot it the way it was, which I, I would prefer because yeah. I enjoyed that, that style as well. So, yeah, I mean, it just had a, a very specific look and tone and it was just, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. And have you ever yeah. done any other um, voiceover stuff? Um, I did a bunch of uh, superlative voices of other characters on uh, Pokemon for a couple of episodes of the TV show, and then uh, two of the films itself. Uh, I have no idea what the Pokemon world is. I don't know what the plot lines are. <laughs> I was I was friends with the American director who they based uh, the the sound studio in New York at Duart Studios, which is one of the older oldest uh, sound studios uh, voiceover places in uh, uh, New York City. And so he brought me in to do different characters of the TV show episodes. And then when they were doing uh, the Zorlock movie and whatever it was, he had me come in and do, once again, some ancillary uh, uh, characters. And then there was a cartoon series in Japan called Joe versus Joe uh, about a boxer. And um, I did like ring announcing voiceover for that. Um, so yeah, I've, I've done a few uh, different voiceovers for smaller projects, nothing as large as Clerks was or Pokemon for that matter. Um, but always willing to work on it because uh, it's some of the most fun you can have with the least amount of work put into it. No, that's not a slam against voiceover artists. I mean, you don't have to worry about how you look. You just got to make sure that you don't have a cold and uh, that you sound the way they want you to sound. And that's pretty much it. You walk in, they hand you the script in front of you. It's not like you have to memorize anything. And then away you go. Yeah. So um, I I guess um, I wanted to ask you um because you were kind of the uh you were the sage on the uh, the monsters anonymous set um and you do actually do a lot of uh short films and stuff like that um do you like do you do you find yourself being in that position a lot of being kind of like the uh you know the older wiser uh, Yoda character for for other I, actors. I, I mean, I, I like to use the word experience. Yeah. <laughs> not, to, not, not to slam on age. Hey, um, we're we're close. I, I, I age, know. So. I, I know. I turned a half century just this past December. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know what? I I do like working on a lot of independent features, a lot of independent projects in general. Uh, I just worked on uh, an independent pilot that Ernie O'Donnell is producing. Um, uh, so hopefully he'll get that. It's a comedy, and hopefully he'll he'll get that picked up. And we're going to shoot a couple of episodes in New Jersey there. Um, and so uh, I do sit on set sometimes. I try to bite my tongue or lip until it bleeds. Sometimes if I'm seeing certain things that could be done better, quicker, faster, smarter, funnier, whatever the outcome is, just to and I mean to better the project as a whole. Um, uh, every so every once in a while, I just try to do the Jedi mind trick and just subconsciously suggest things and wave my hand like this um, and uh, try to make them not think these are the droids they are looking for. And sometimes this is the shot that they want to do. And this is how you want to frame something. <laughs> yeah. What if we had this? You know, just small things. If they turn to me and you're going to ask me, I'm going to uh, trust me. I'm going to suggest something probably a little better. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm the end all be all, but. If you're asking me for something to to add to it, then I'll do something. The one thing I always do is I always make sure if I'm involved in it, it's got to be perfect. I don't give. You can fuck up the rest of everybody else's scenes, <laughs> but if I'm going to be involved in them, yeah, you ain't going to be talking in the background. We're going to get these lights just right. You know, we're going to make sure the sound is coming in at the right angle. You know, that's when I'll I'll step up, and that's because every actor has is their only advocate. You are your only advocate when yeah. you're on set uh, at that moment. So um, I've learned that you know, over the years to just like, look, make sure at least your scene looks good yeah. <laughs> and, and walk in and just, and walk in on set prepared. 
The worst is, you know, sitting around and then waiting for someone who's not got the script down and you got to keep feeding them lines or they're writing lines on a piece of paper or just over the, the shoulder of the DP or what have you. You know, even if even if you have a short period of time of getting lines, you, you got to be prepared to learn them quickly, even if there's changes right on that set that day. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, that but that's actually, me. That, yeah. that, that, that's coming from a theater actor too. Yeah. Because as a stage as a stage actor, there is no stop cut. Let me do this again in front of a live audience. Yeah. And I think that also works for me when I do my stand up as well. I think that was the really one of the reasons that that Monsters Anonymous came out as as good as it did was having you on set. And you know, you know, I, I, I thank you. I appreciate that. But you know, everybody that was on that that production, be it the DP, be it uh, Jason's brother and, and, and Jeremy and, and everybody on set, really the makeup people, especially uh, really pulled together. And, um, you know, I, I think they knew when I got on set as well. I know Jeremy and Jason especially were like, all right, shit's getting real now. Let's, let's tighten up it. Uh, you know, we had fun with everybody else with, you know, the so-called students that he was yeah. using and stuff <laughs> like that, who everybody was very well prepared, including yourself. Um, the script was very well fleshed out. Um, having uh, Jackie Siegel involved and her being able to cater us with very, very beautiful food, for that matter, and oh, her helping yeah. produce this piece was a, was a huge, huge help. Uh, and we all had fun on it, that's for sure. And all the volunteers from the area that came in to help us out as well. So um, as far as shooting and stylistic, Jeremy, Jason, they knew it just like I did how to get it running and stuff and everybody else pulled together. So yeah. it was, it was definitely a collaborative effort. There's really no outstanding star of that whole production because the whole was, production was outstanding. But there was also the, the times like in between scenes, like we would do a scene or setting up a scene. A lot of the actors would come to you like me included and be like, you know, just getting advice and like, cause it was a lot of us. It was our first time ever being in front of the camera, myself included. Yeah. So, I mean, well, you know, you know. but that, as someone like as someone like myself coming on board a set like that, it, you don't want to really. Um, who's meowing at me? <laughs> yeah, our, our great cat. Anyway, so um, having someone like myself on that set and then coming other people coming over to me, that's the type of thing where you don't want to step on the toes of the actual director. Like, I don't want to have to give you notes on stuff that this is a Jeremy job. But I understood why you were coming over because he was your acting teacher for many months, if not a couple of years in that area. So if you wanted to, you wanted to hear a fresh perspective of and confirmation of what do you think? I mean, I've asked yeah. Jeremy, he said something and, and I get that, too. So in that regard, yes, um, I, I, I will. I will normally like I'll give advice like I direct, which is I ask questions of the actor to let them find their own answers to get to the to the mindset of the suggestion I'm trying to make without outwardly saying you should say it like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, you know, think of them as such and such. No, it'd be like, well, you know, what is it about the devil? Like, why is he so upset that he can't join the group? Why is he so needy? And then you'd have to answer that. And be like, mm -hmm. well, you know, because I guess it's lonely in hell or whatever it is, <laughs> your answer it is. And like, well now have that feeling in your head. Like, man, I'm never, I'm always left out of these fucking reindeer games. How come I can't join the party <laughs> kind of thing. And, you know, and it gets you going in your own mindset. So the choices are your own. It's not me telling your choices. Yeah. And that, as a director, that's what I advise as well is, is if you have the time, especially sometimes people don't have the time on a set and you're burning daylight and you're only in a yeah. location for an hour or whatever have you, and you got to get out of there. So you that just was gotta, a pretty, uh, he's pretty angry. Hectic. He's angry like so-and-so. So just <laughs> act like so-and-so. But that was a pretty hectic weekend though. I mean, we filmed that entire movie in almost like what? 48 straight hours. We were, <laughs> filming yeah. i think we all got like maybe six hours of sleep on set we, right. uh, we started you know sat on what was it friday evening and we got done early sunday morning it was crazy it yeah was, we like uh this pilot i just did with ernie uh they did uh saturday and a sunday shoot uh and it's uh you know it's a half an hour pilot and they shot the whole thing in those two days um and they had me for uh I had two scenes and they had me for like four hours there and they shot me out so that they could shoot the rest of everybody else after that. Yeah. But it's that, it's that type of thing where, and it was a location where they only had for those two days. Um, <laughs> and it's that type of thing where you really got to have 
uh, preparation beforehand before you shoot frame one is the best thing is to plan and prep, you know, yeah. prepare, get your, especially a shot list. If you've been, if you've been lucky enough to get to the location to see exactly how the location is laid out and where you want to set up lights. And if you could do shot by shot by shot of your, of your scenes, um, then you can do a shot list so that the DP is pretty quick and knowing, all right, we're going to do the coverage. Now we're going to go here. We want to do the long shots. So you see the rest of the bar in the shot with the foreground being the two main characters and it's all listed out, your day will go a lot simpler and a lot quicker. Yeah. Wally said, uh, the shrimp was good. <laughs> of course it was good. That was a really good shrimp, man. <laughs> they were like, they were like, they were like baby lobster tails. They, <laughs> they were, were that big. <laughs> See, I don't know if you know who, uh, Jacqueline Siegel is, uh, Jacob. She's, uh, basically married to the, one of the richest men in America. And um, she bought a yeah. lot of food for us, a lot. Yeah, D David Siegel, uh, he's the man who invented the concept of timeshares. Yeah. Uh, so oh, he, uh, yeah. So he, <laughs> he owns he owns Westgate Resorts and properties, and they have properties in New York and Vegas and Florida and Los Angeles, and, and so um, yeah. So she, uh, they had they did a documentary about that family um, called uh, the Queen of Versailles mm -hmm. because. Her husband and her were building the largest residence in America, mm -hmm. in Florida, over, I think it's over 20,000 square feet yeah. or something like that, or 21,000 square feet. It's and it's modeled after the castle of Versailles in Versailles, France. Uh, so it's been in the process of being built now for the past, that was 2011, so now nine years now it's been going on. I wonder what it's like to like have that. that much money. Just, yeah. Meh. I think they're, they're they're hoping they're hoping to get it done by this December. I think it's been pushed back because of COVID, but who knows? Yeah. Um, anything you want to ask Jacob? I've, I've been hogging him again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we talked to Wally on our second episode, Wally Phelps, and we we talked briefly about uh, Monsters Anonymous two and how he 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 wanted to write a script for it to just include one joke. Uh, what, what, what would you think about doing Monsters Anonymous 2 with, with Wally and Jason? Oh, I would do it again. If we had the same actors with the same, uh, you know, kind of uh, energy and atmosphere and stuff, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. I think uh, I said it at the time when we were shooting that this would be a funny web series. Even if you mm -hmm. did seven to ten minute webisodes and did a season of ten episodes, which is just over an hour and see where it went and see if it picked up kind of this cult following because the, the, the monsters themselves, they're timeless. Uh, everybody knows them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and secondly, um, you can put them in such different modern day, bizarre scenarios. And just like cheers was the bar that everything wrapped up at, um, the, I think the therapist sessions is the way that you can either start, an episode or end an episode it'd be kind of like that um charlie sheen show that he had where he was a therapist and it literally was just taking place in his house um oh, yeah. it's that type of thing where you could have it quite easily you know just put in regular comedic situations a regular sitcom yeah. of them <clears throat> doing real life things but from a monster's point of view and frailty and vulnerabilities or whatever have you yeah, Wally's right. He wrote in there that uh, me and him both wrote enough material for a series. And that was actually the original plan is what we were going to do was, uh, you know, basically film like we did, like a short film like that every six months, like 30 minutes worth and break it up into like five minute segments and do it as right. a web series. That, you know, that, that would have been great to do. Yeah. And, you know, and it's still possible. You never know. Yeah. It, um, it's just a matter. Of, it's just a matter of getting the funding to do it, and oh, yeah. seeing if people are are, are willing to uh, to watch it. And you know, because that's the thing right now. Everything there are so many outlets for content, mm -hmm. but not enough content to fill it. And now all of these channels, and now all of these cable premium channels, are now starting their own streaming. And it's just like, how much money do you think the average entertainment watcher has in their pocket <laughs> to have a max and a disney plus and a you know a netflix and a and a hulu and a you know a zoom and, and all the, everything else for that matter it there's only so many dollars in a pocket mm -hmm. for the entertainment out there I, I've, I've been saying this on every podcast i want someone from either entertainment weekly or new york times or 
one of these tech magazines to actually have someone and, and it, the best place to do it is probably in New York City because they usually have anything media related you, you can get in, in, in either L.A. or New York City, either one. <clears throat> and literally sign up for every type of entertainment thing you can think of, including mm -hmm. like, you know, the YouTube premium channel and, oh, yeah. and Amazon Music, like, and I'm and including like music as well. And just do a streaming cost of what a monthly cost of your entertainment streaming mm -hmm. would be. I guarantee it's somewhere in like the three thousand dollar a month range. Oh, I'm sure. When, you, when it comes down to it, <laughs> that's why I do nothing but uh, the free you know, the free month or free two weeks of this and that, watch everything I want to watch and then get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eric, but then they get, but then they come up with others, you know, oh, with yeah. other series that you want to watch. And then you got to come up with another email address to, yeah. to fake it. That you're a different person. Uh, Eric Miller asked Brian, how was it filming vulgar? That is a good question. Cause vulgar is a pretty heavy movie, man. Was that heavy on you kind of psychologically as an actor? Yeah. You know, um, when, Brian Johnson came to me with Vulgar. He uh, he was really um, him and Kevin Smith had talked about uh, you know what what was the story behind the animated clown in the beginning of Clerks. There's that animating sequence in the title sequence where this clown comes in off the street. Uh, there's a kid playing with a ball in front of a dressing screen. The clown goes behind the dressing screen, comes out, and he's in this bustier and fishnet stockings and a and uh, high heel boots and, you know, makeup. And, you know, Brian Johnson and Kevin Smith were like, what do you think that guy's life story would be about? And Kevin pretty much said to Brian Johnson, I don't know, why don't you write the story about it? And so he did. And I remember the first draft of getting it and, um, you know, Brian Johnson handing it to me saying, hey, man, I wrote this with you in mind. I took it home that night, started reading it. And the first draft especially, uh, was so even much more darker and much more violent and much more absolutely perverse than the shooting script was. And I remember getting it halfway and there's a scene, I'm not going to spoil it for people, but there's a scene where an assault happens and there's something going on during the assault. And I said, called up Brian, I was like, what the fuck were you thinking that you said that you were thinking of me when you wrote this, man? <laughs> You're twisted. Uh, so then we get, we, get to, we get to the point of where we're shooting the film um, so Kevin Smith produced it. He had had a, a, a deal with Miramax to give him a, I think like 150,000 or 200,000 in small to be divided amongst smaller films that Kevin would produce. And so I think, um, in the end that Kevin came in with like 60,000 and then there was other money raised through other means. And we shot, I forget how long to be honest with you. I think it was like another film that was like two weeks, if not a little longer. Um, and it was dark. We did all the dark stuff first. Um, so the assault, the night at the day afterwards, the morning afterwards, the uh, mental breakdown that my character has in the bathroom, things like that, just to get all the heavy lifting out of the way of the shoot. And then the rest of the shoot was everything else in the film. Um, I put a lot of work into that one. Um, the, uh, the, the character of being, you know, be a, being disappointing to someone that's not hard. To, to research. Uh, the research I did do was um, about being being a man and being assaulted the way he was um, and the, the ramifications and the mental scarring that happens afterwards after that. So uh, I did research into that and um, and it was it, it's dark and it's not a, it's a subject that's not talked about openly. Yeah. And so um, and then when it came to shooting and stuff like that and being in makeup because I, I have to be in a makeup chair sometimes two, two and a half hours at a time, especially after the assault where I'm in makeup and I get assaulted, the makeup is all disheveled. So, and we broke that up into two days of shooting. And so to match up how I was after the physical, you know, first fresh hitting to where it landed with the makeup, my makeup artist had to duplicate that exact distressed kind of look and stuff like that. So I would have to get into my mindset about that while doing that and sitting in the makeup chair and, you know, getting in my mindset while the makeup artist is doing this stuff and tears are just streaming down my face because I'm getting into that mindset. And the makeup artist is like, oh, my God, honey, are you all right? Is there something wrong? I'm like, no, no, no. And Diane was with me at the time as well because she was a part of the film as well. And she'd be like, no, 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 he's, he's just getting where he needs to go. Okay, all right. And we would continue on. So um, uh, I, I like the idea. I know that um, Brian Johnson came out with a, uh, a sequel to it um idea that he had like about five years ago and it was really good 
It was, I mean, it was good. And then he decided to scrap that draft of a script. And then like a year and a half later came to me with a, a fresher perspective of what he wants to do with it. And it's really good. I think it, it works into a place in time where we are and um, it'll, it'll seem to work um, for what we're looking to do. Um, I think we're going to have a much bigger budget this time. Yeah. Uh, I know everybody, he, I know everybody he's asked to be a part of it um, has said yes already. So um, knowing just hearing from him just this past week uh, that he's working on it is really encouraging to me. And I even said that back to him in the tests. I said, Oh good. So at least now I have an answer for everybody who keeps asking Hey man, what's going on with Vulgar Two? So, <laughs> didn't they just uh, wasn't it the twenty fifth anniversary or twenty third something like that just happened? No. Uh, well, it came out. It came out, I think, in two thousand. So it would okay, be it coming 20th. up on its twentieth. Yeah. yeah. So wow, I was I I didn't know if they were coming out with like a, a you know like a, a up-res Blu-ray version of it or anything with like some extra stuff. Well, if they if they are, I haven't heard about it, and that's through Lionsgate. Lionsgate has ah, okay. the uh, rights to that movie, so uh, that would be up to them. I know that I can still, because what I do is I sell them, I, I sell DVDs with my signature on it, and I get them directly just from Amazon. I don't go through a, a warehouse or nothing like that, so I pay the retail price for it, and I can still get it through Amazon. And what I do is I get the theatrical re- release, which is the uncut version of the film that we prefer we made a rated r version because back in the day and you kids connect your grandparents there was a place called blockbuster video and this place only allowed rated r movies and lower nothing above a rated r so brian johnson made a and uh, scott uh, Mosier made a uh, a rated um a rated r version of it which i don't recommend i recommend the unrated version yeah that's a great movie you guys in the chat room you've never seen vulgar go Go. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can rent it like on iTunes and stuff like that. So, or, uh, yeah, I know. think it's on. Yeah, and I think it's on Amazon Prime. But I think it's a. I think that's the rated R version. I mean, there's not a lot cut out, but you know, it's just the flavor that we were really originally intending is not there. Yeah, and I have so many good good stories I'd like to share about you know my adventures with Brian. Like, you know, like when we were at the uh, the Hang On to Your Shorts Film Festival uh, a few years ago right. and. That's where I found out you were a comedian. I didn't even know you were a stand-up comedian until then. And you told me, you're like, I've been doing stand-up comedy and all that stuff. And you were the host of the uh, the award ceremony. Right. And- I, I'd, uh, I'd emceed the award ceremony for a couple of years for those guys. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I go up there and I find out basically what, what the hit films were if I haven't got a chance to see them. And then uh, I just start riffing. And, you know, as, as you saw yourself, it, it works out sometimes. Yeah, and um, we actually won two awards that night. Brian actually won Best Actor in a Comedy, and we also and won uh, Best Ensemble, which uh, right. I do not have it uh, handy. I think it's downstairs. But uh, yeah, mine's over. Mine's over yeah. on my bookcase. Though. But you had won the Best Actor, and you know you gave your speech and everything, and then it came down to it, and I was there with my friend Joey Image, and you know you guys were doing the the Best Ensemble, and we won, and I was like stunned and I, and I was like oh well brian will accept it and then joey's like dude go get your damn award man so like i run up on stage and i had no idea what to say i was like most of the night were people that you know all these like professional filmmakers and people that have been doing you know film after film and been in you know festival after festival doing these long speeches and stuff and i just get up there and i'm like uh thank you brian uh thank you guys Good night. And I like run off the stage and Brian was like, that's the shortest speech I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, I didn't know what to say, man. I was scared to death, but it was fun though, man. It was like one of the best nights of my life. It's always good to, to just to thank your fellow crew and producers and your writers. It's always good to, if you have certain people you want to highlight, thank your parents, of course. Thank yeah. who's ever, uh, who's ever your date that night is if you want to get laid. <laughs> you know, things like that is usually a standard way to, to have a, a humbling kind of speech and to, and to thank all your other members who are nominated for this category. And everybody, you know, everybody deserves this award as well. But I'm glad you saw that I would be uh, set apart from whatever. You know, it's, it's a good just basic way to get around it. Uh, Bill Lyons. Not like, I've won, not like I've won tons of awards. I've I've literally <laughs> emceed tons of award ceremonies. I used to be the regular MC for the Long Island Film and Television Festival. I've done the Garden State 
uh, Film Festival. I've done the Asbury Hang On To Your Shorts Festival. Uh, so emceeing and me, it, that's old old school to me. I can I can do it quite easy. What subject are we doing? The Dog Food Awards? You got it. I got this covered. <laughs> Whatever. Let's do this. Pipple and bits. Here we go. Uh, Bill Lyons from Lions Den Media has joined us, and uh, he said, uh, did Brian get me in the stand-up? And uh, no, actually, but that was around the first, the time that uh, me and Jacob did our very first open mics together. Like we were, me and Jacob both did our very first sets together. That was the first time we met, but I didn't know it was him until, you know, like three years later or two years later. And I was like, oh shit, that was our first night together. That's weird. <laughs> but um, yeah, we never really talked much after that because he sucked. <laughs> well, you suck yeah. too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my favorite stories of Brian was. Uh, when Jay and Silent Bob reboot was being filmed in New Orleans and nobody knew that all the original, uh, like 90% of the cast of clerks was in New Orleans and and nobody was supposed to know they were there to do their cameos. But I knew Brian was going to be in town and I was actually in town. I was not in the movie as an extra or anything, but I was actually in town with a friend of mine for, uh, St. Patty's day. And I knew Brian was going to be in town, so we got a hold of each other. And Brian was like, well, come down to the, uh, where were you staying, the Hilton? Uh, yeah, the Hyatt. Yeah, the Hyatt. And uh, so I hooked an Uber across, the, across town, met up with Brian, and I walk in. And, of course, I already know Brian, but I walk in, and then I see Scott Shifo sitting there. If you don't know that name, he's the Chulies Gum representative from Clerks. Um, who else was there? Uh Marilyn Gigliotti. Well, she was wasn't there. there yet because we were okay. all sitting around and you said, Marilyn's here. And I'm like, Marilyn Gigliotti. And you get up to go meet her at the front and you walk up with Veronica. And I'm just like, holy right. shit, <laughs> I'm sitting here. So yeah, so it was Scott Schiaffo, Ernie O'Donnell, yes, yeah, who's Ernie was uh, there. Rick Darris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the guy who was uh, finger cuffs yeah. from Chasing Amy, <laughs> who's, his, who's his cousin, Johnny, who's uh, Kevin's cousin, Johnny. Um, so there was the four of us in the lobby of the Hilton, actually. That's right. We weren't at my hotel. I was staying at the Hyatt in town while on the waterfront, which is where they shot the convention scene. They put the rest of the people, uh, that was Scott Schiaffo, Marilyn and Ernie and Johnny were staying there. So I was in their lobby. That's right. Uh, and, and we were waiting for Marilyn cause she was mm-hmm. having an issue, uh, yeah. being checked in. So she, she took a while to get over. So while I'm um, sitting yeah. there, I called Matt, our friend, Matt Westphalen, who was in monsters anonymous right. and Brent Henry, who played the Wolfman in monsters right. anonymous. He lives in new Orleans and Matt was staying with him because Matt's from Oklahoma and he was going to be an extra and Jay and silent Bob. So I called them and said, Hey, we're, uh, I'm here with Brian and, and, and basically the, all the cast of clerks sands, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, Jay and Randall and, yeah, Jay, Randall and, and silent Bob. And they were like, all right, well, we'll meet you guys. So we all met at, um, the brewery. The place. Bu- 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 yeah. The brewery, the German yeah. place. Yeah. And we were just sitting around and all you guys were just talking about like clerks behind the scenes stories and me and Matt Westphalen are just sitting there just like, is this happening? Like, is this really <laughs> happening right now? And, of course, you know, we we had we sat there and had dinner for like three hours. And then yeah. we had to leave. And, like, Marilyn gave me this big kiss on the cheek. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Veronica kissed me. And it was just, oh, man, it was like the greatest night ever. And I wish I could relive that night. I know, and you could eventually say to friends, "I was number thirty-eight," <laughs> and I, I and I, uh, I post. I took a picture of all of us when we were on the Riverwalk, and I posted it and tagged Marilyn in it, and she was like, "Oh my God, take that down right now!" Because nobody yeah. was supposed to know you guys were in town, so I didn't get to actually post that picture until. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot came out, right. and I was like, oh, "Yeah, well, we uh, we we all took a whole bunch of pictures during that time, which we all couldn't post until yeah. it was time to go cut up. I mean, I could have. I mean, people knew that I was involved in the movie, but the Clerks reunion was a, was kind of a secret surprise for people. So. Yeah, but uh, we're coming well, thank- up on on the end of the episode. Um, what were you going to say, Brian? I'm sorry. No, I was just about to say the exact same thing. I got to get going here in a second. Yeah, I know you got some uh, you got some meetings to go to tonight, so we're gonna go ahead and let uh, you go. Yep. 
But uh, thank you so but, uh, much for coming on, man. Dude, it's so nice to talk to you again. Same here, man. Thank you for having me on. If anybody wants to follow along what I'm up to, this is the best way to do it. Twitter is Brian C. O'Holloran mm-hmm. on Twitter. It's the same thing on Instagram. It's also here on my Discord channel is Brian C. O'Holloran and Twitch. Uh, and then uh, the Brian C. O'Holloran on Facebook. Uh, my podcast, which is slowly coming along, uh, is the O'Hollerant, and you can find that on Facebook and on YouTube currently. Uh, I have two episodes right now. I'm working on the third episode, hopefully start recording next month. Um, but otherwise, uh, I've really enjoyed, as always, uh, hanging out with you. Yeah, man. And hanging out with everybody down there. And uh, hopefully, yeah, if you want to do more of the Monsters Anonymous, yes. uh, I'd be more than happy to be on board. So, uh, Jacob, you got any other last yeah. words before we get out of here today? Yes, we have to give a shout out to Touch Biloxi yes. for winning our Facebook contest. There will be another <laughs> one this next week because our next episode, we have another celebrity guest. And again, if you want to be a part of our community, you can email us. You can message us on Twitter or Facebook. If you want to come on the show, just send us a message and we'll get back to you. If you just want to talk to us, we're pretty cool, guys. <laughs> and uh, thank you to Brian. It's amazing to talk to you and meet you, man. Great episode. And I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> no, not at all. Thank you guys so much for having me. Good luck with the rest of the episodes of the podcast. Uh, I'll definitely come come back on at any point. We can discuss even more. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you again, man. Like, and If you would like to get a hold of us, just email us at uh, at gmail.com. And we will see you guys again next week. <laughs>